you know, uh, just good to be here this morning. Ooh. Found it. Oh, found it. That's it. Oh, no. Technical difficulties. Oh, there it is. That definitely worked. Praise the Lord for John Calstrom, everybody. Yeah. Oh, man. Amen. Hey, where I learned uh, really the lesson of perseverance. So, again, just so funny, Jess. I love it. Um, where I really learned this lesson, and I think life inevitably gives you plenty of opportunities to learn this lesson, but one that was uh, particularly uh, important to me uh, to learn the lesson of perseverance, right? That character trait, that virtue of perseverance was running. Um, I ran, it's funny, I always say I always like to run my senior year. Um, so I ran my senior year of high school and I ran my senior year of college, all right? But I did other sports and other sports always like to run. Uh, but when you actually run, um, they have these workouts called essentially repeats, all right? And these are just death. It's just horrible. They're horrible workouts, all right? They're called repeats because generally you're going to run the same distance, particularly a short distance, but you're going to run it hard, you're going to run it fast, all right? And they're repeats because you oftentimes do a lot of them, all right? What makes them brutal is that not only are you running them fast and hard, but you have little time to rest in between each one. So usually by the time you come up to do the second one, you're like, oh gosh, Lord help me, you know? And then you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. Jim Ryan, anybody familiar with Jim Ryan, the famous runner? I know, yeah. From Wichita, first, first guy, first high schooler to run under a four minute mile, and he went to East High School, huge deal. This dude was famous for running 40 400s. 40, that's one lap around a track. He ran it 40 times fast. It wasn't like, I'm gonna jog around this track. He ran them hard, he ran them fast. That's why he was an Olympian, an American record holder, an incredible runner. They're brutal workouts. What makes them even more brutal sometimes is that you have this thing called active recovery, which means instead of resting by like, oh my gosh, let me lay down here for a minute, you have to jog for the rest. And then you get back to the line, and then you go again. These are brutal workouts. They just, oh, they hurt so bad. And as you can imagine, you eventually start asking yourself, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I subjecting myself to this kind of suffering? <laughs> Is it worth it? Boy, I can make this so much easier if I just slow down a little bit, right? I just slow down. Nobody will blame me. Or maybe you're just eventually like, boy, I can't cannot do this. I am not feeling it. Man, this, this morning, we get to learn from one of the best runners that probably never actually ran an actual race. Who knows? Maybe he did. But he loved to talk about running in different passages. We get to learn from the Apostle Paul. And we get to learn about perseverance. And we get to learn about hardships. And how he dealt with them. And how he went through them. So if you'll open your Bibles to Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 22. We're going to continue on in our study of Acts. And as you're flipping through, trying to find that, I just want to give us a summary because we're jumping ahead a little bit quick. My dad left off at about the middle of chapter 13, and I know we're jumping to the middle of chapter 14. But this is what's been happening in between our passages. Paul and Barnabas are our, our main characters. They are spreading the gospel. They are traveling on their first missionary trip around kind of the Roman Empire. They are, are preaching the gospel in the synagogues to Jews and to Gentiles. And this is a huge deal in the church. Huge, huge deal at this time. 
And uh, predominantly, the Gentiles are receiving this message very well, and the Jews are not. And so, what we see kind of leading up to our passage is uh, Jewish leadership, those who are holding on to kind of the old uh, Torah, uh, pre-Jesus uh, Judaism, are, are starting to persecute Paul and Barnabas. They're starting to kind of uh, stir up crowds to go against them, and they're kind of spreading rumors and lies and different things like that. They're very much against Paul and Barnabas. So that's the situation that is coming into our passage. So we'll pick it up, Acts chapter 14. I guess I should have. Ooh, quick. Bible drill, folks. That's, there we go. Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through 22. Read with me. Then some Jews came from Antioch. Um, this is probably the, I call it the mean Antioch. This is uh, Sidian Antioch. This is not the other Antioch where Paul and Barnabas were kind of commissioned to go on their missionary journey. You know, it's kind of like, we do that. We have that in America. Golly, we have all sorts of the same name towns. So just so you're clear on that. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Derby? Derby? I don't know. They preached the gospel in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, that Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. And now we're going to fast forward to verse 28. It's just a quicker, even though I, Nick gave me so much time, but we'll stick with it. Verse 28, Paul and Barnabas kind of just start making their way back to nice Antioch. All right. And there they stayed there a long time with the disciples. This is kind of the finish of their first missionary journey. Um, and this is important, this is neat. I want us to catch something, and I'm sure you caught it right off the bat. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead, all right? Now this city was Lystra, all right? If you kind of read back some verses, you'll see that they were going into Lystra. So this is where the stoning happened. Paul was stoned. <laughs> I just can't get over that. I just can't get over it. Like, holy cow, this dude was stoned and they thought he was dead. But verse 20, after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. It's insane. He just put every athlete to shame that ever lays on the floor or the court. I mean, he just put them all to shame. He's like, oh, your little ankle? Try having a rock thrown at you, bro. Gosh. Paul's hardcore. After he got up and he went back into the city. Then he traveled to Derby. But then as we see in verse 21, they won a large number of disciples there. Then he returned to Lystra. Who is like, yeah, I'll take a stoning and go back there for sure. That sounds like a great plan. I don't think anybody would blame him for being like, you know, that city... Like, God, bring down fire on them. Jeez, you know? But no. He went back to the city. He went back into the city. Boy, 
I want to encourage us this morning. I think we can be encouraged by Paul. Paul is such a great, great man of faith, such an example, such a, a one to imitate in his faith. And I want to encourage us this morning because we're going to talk about hardships. We're going to talk about stuff. As you saw it very clearly in verse 22, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And that's your first point. Hardships are a reality. Paul was very clear. Paul and Barnabas both, they said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. To continue back to my running uh, metaphor, illustration, there are certain runners you would come across that you could maybe argue uh, were surprised by the pain of running. It's kind of an interesting thing. They almost felt like, well, I shouldn't hurt this bad. You know, you could see it in their faces and how they did the repeats. Wait a minute, this shouldn't hurt this bad. This is running. Yeah, this is running. And you ask any serious runner, you got hurt. I've had a coach literally say, you need to learn how to suffer. <laughs> if you want to be good at running, you have to learn how to suffer. It's an interesting, woo, hardcore. That's hardcore. I don't want us to be surprised by hardships in our lives. And I think Paul and Barnabas felt the same way. They wanted to be very honest and very real. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you could do everything right. Everything perfect in your relationship with God. Boy, you could have so much time in prayer and study of God's word. You could be sinless. And guess what? You're still going to have hardships in your life. That will not insulate you from hardships. Jesus, prime example. Perfect, right? How many hardships did that dude go through? We know what God's will was for his life, to suffer, to die on the cross for our behalf. Paul, golly, I'm sure he was like the best of us. After Jesus, I mean, maybe him and Peter are probably duking it out for the next greatest follower of Christ. I don't know. That's, that's very arbitrary. Let's not go there. But I mean, I was safe to assume I'm not going to put myself above Paul and his faithfulness to God's word. And look, look, part of God's will for his life was to be stoned. Boy, if you read 2 Corinthians, I love it. Paul is such an interesting character. He's like, you know, I think you think of like super holy person. You're like, oh, so kind and nice. Paul was very like, man, I will cut you down and no, no problem. Like, you want to step towards me? I will cut you down with my words. And it's great. I really love it. Because we have time, check this out. This is how, this is Paul's personality. Go back to Acts chapter 13. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So much. This is so Paul. Verse 46 of chapter 13. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. He's talking to the Jews, right? He's talking to the Jews right now. And he said, we had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. Look how cutting that is. You know, since you guys don't think yourselves worthy of eternal life, you know, we're going to go to the Gentiles. Paul is such a fun dude. He's like, oh yeah, but he's so much fun. That, that dude, read Romans, read 2 Corinthians, you will see this guy's personality come out. He will cut somebody down in a heartbeat. He has no issue with it. It's so funny. Oh, it's so funny. I don't even know where I was going with that, guys. I'll be honest. I just think it's so great. But Paul did everything right. He was doing, man, he was so faithful to the Lord. And yet God's will for him was to preach the gospel and to suffer. And he did. Boy, read 2 Corinthians. How many times did he receive the 
the, the 39, 40 lashes minus one, shipwrecked, hungry, all right, starved, man, beaten, ridiculed, you know, brought lies against, undoubtedly. And that was part of God's will for his life. It's part of his mission. When we face hardships in life, uh, Hannah actually gave me this from, I think, a professor told her. Like, there's cows and there's buffaloes, all right? It's kind of fun. I like this illustration so much. I tell it all the time now. Cows run away from storms. They get scared of storms. So they run away. Well, because they run away, inevitably the storm comes, and then they sit in the storm. They spend longer in the storm because they're just sitting there as the storm goes over. Buffalo, on the other hand, see a storm, and they run through it. They run towards it, and they run through it, and they spend less time in the storm because they are running through it. Oh, I don't know if I even have to, like, we get it, right? Be a buffalo, baby. Be a buffalo, all right? Man, be a buffalo this morning. Let's not be surprised by it. I don't want us to be surprised by hardships in our life. Right? They happen. They come. They will find you. Job 5. Man, humanity was born for adversity or will have suffering as surely as sparks fly upwards. I love this. Beautiful illustration. Job 5. It's going to happen. So what's your hardship this morning? Is it a relationship? Is it work related? Is it Maybe hope deferred makes the heart sick. I have a desire. I want this, and I'm not getting it. Sickness. It doesn't feel good. Maybe it's your health. Maybe you're a parent. I'll be honest. Parents, you are the, uh, my, my conscious audience for this passage. I think about you all the time. I really do. Because I feel for you. And as last week, I got to help my parents babysit for amazing, uh, three nieces, one nephew, amazing, and I was done afterwards, man, I was like, holy cow, I'm tired, I love them to death, it was great, but whoo, y'all, y'all have a, have, have a tough, that's hard, that's hard, maybe you're dealing with loneliness this morning, depression, maybe it's your faith, maybe it's genuinely just your faith, or it has been the thing that's just hard this morning. I don't want us to be surprised by these things. They happen. They will happen, inevitably. So let's not be caught off guard. Let us not see them as, oh, man, that's not supposed to happen. Eh, it happens. And we have to understand that. We can't be scared of it. We almost have to embrace it. We have to run through it. Run through it with the Lord. And this is how we're going to run through it with the Lord. Our second point, the key to going back into the city. I love that phrase. I'm just going to, I love that phrase. Go back into the city is faith. And I'm going to add something because I sent the PowerPoint and the outline, and then I was thinking on the sermon, and now I'm going to add something so it's not there on your outline. Add and desire. The key to going back into the city is faith and desire. This is what I mean by this. I'll be honest, I spent all week trying to write out this point, and it just never wrote well, and I never felt like I was communicating it well, so I'm going to do like a huge no-no, and I'm going to process this point out loud with you all, all right, up here on stage. Woo! Let's do it. I know, and I'm not, even a, I'm not even an external processor. I'm a huge internal processor, 
So this is real weird, all right? But we're gonna get it, and we're hopefully, hopefully be clear on this point. This is what I mean by this. Paul does not go back into that city after being stoned unless he believes, unless he has faith in the Lord and faith in the goodness of the gospel. He does not go back into that city unless his faith is sure that, boy, I believe this is a good thing. I believe these people need the gospel. I believe they need it so much that I will take this abuse. I will take this suffering because it is such a good thing. It is such a good blessing. I will take it. Does that make sense? And not only does he have faith in his goodness, I want to add desire because he wants it. It's one thing to believe this is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. Uh, what's an example? <sighs> it's a good thing to be able to play the piano. Do I have the desire to play the piano? Not really. It's a good thing. You see how you can have faith in something as being good, but not really the desire to attain it or the desire to walk in it? That's why I want to add desire. He not only had the faith, faith in the realness of the Lord, the truth of the gospel, not only had the faith in the goodness of the gospel, its blessing, but he desired it himself. He wanted it. He wanted it. I think about my running career. What got me back to the starting line when I was suffering. Oh, oh brutal. I can't even breathe hardly. My legs are heavy. It's 7 a.m. Oh, sick. I'm not a morning person, folks. Come on now. 7 a.m. Why am I doing this? I'm not going to go to the Olympics. What am I out here, you know? What got me back to is because I, I had believed that, you know, this goal, this goal of running really fast. You know, at the time in college, I wanted to run a 145-800. <laughs> how crazy is that? I never ran up below 205. That's how crazy that is, right? But I wanted it. I wanted to run that fast. I really did. I had the desire. And I believed it was a good goal. I thought it was just... It was something good about it, being able to run that fast. It was a beautiful goal. So guess what? I'm going to get back on that line, and I'm going to suffer. I'm going towards that goal, that good goal that I want. I'm going to do that. And Paul was doing that same thing. I want the gospel to spread. I want to see the blessings go forth. I want to see my Jewish brothers and sisters be set free from the old law. And I want to see these Gentiles who now have been received into this family, into this new covenant. I want them to know it. And so guess what? I'm going to get back on the line. I'm going to go back into that city. I'm going to preach boldly. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Paul is such an inspiration to us. Man. Further these points, let's look at some of Paul's passages. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I think you'll see clearly what I'm talking about. This is Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. I do all this for the sake of the gospel. Right? We see where his faith is, his desire. That I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Oh, it's beautiful, Paul. He even goes again, 2 Timothy, to further this point, I think it's just such great passages to remind ourselves of. It says this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight, the boxer. I have finished the race, runner. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Oh, it's so beautiful. We see where Paul's heart was, where his faith was. We see where his desire was and for. And so my question this morning is, where is your faith and where is your desire? Where is your faith, where is your desire? Kind of to further illustrate this point, like if your desire is for wealth, just say that's an easy one, right? You probably have a faith or belief in that, that that is a good thing, right? I think it's probably somewhat basic. We could maybe say that we don't tend to desire something that we don't believe is good for us. It may actually be bad for us, but we just don't believe it's bad for us, right? In our minds, we think it's good, so we go after it, right? We tend to believe and, and desire what we think is good, Maybe? Maybe? I don't know. We can think about that one. But let's say I desire wealth, and I believe it's a good goal. So, how I've seen it, people who have kind of fallen into that, they'll take on three jobs. Take on three jobs. And they'll suffer. Three jobs is a lot of jobs. That's suffering. That's tough. That's a tough schedule, right? You see how that mechanism, that formula works? What you have faith in, what you believe in as good, what you're desiring, you'll suffer for, right? And so I want to encourage you, what are, what, are, what are we putting our faith in? What do we truly desire in our lives? Is our faith for the Lord? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's my desire. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I desire to follow the Lord. I desire to do his will. I don't think we're all called, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe there will be stonings will come back in train. I don't know. But I don't think we're going to be like this. I think Paul is, we're all called to different things. So I'm not saying, you know, desire to be stoned. But desire to follow the Lord. And that's what Paul did. He wanted to do the Lord's will. The Lord's will for his life. And it showed that spread the gospel into hostile territory. What, what's God's will for you? Do you know that? Are you secure in that? Are you confident in where the Lord has called you to? Let's say you're in a, God, you feel like the Lord has called you to a particular job. All right? I'm to be here. So I desire that. And now you're starting to suffer. You're starting to suffer in this job. It's tough. It's hard. Maybe the hours are tough. Maybe the job itself is stressful. Maybe the coworkers are stressful. <laughs> it's tough to work with certain people, right? Where is your faith? What is your desire? Is your desire for comfort? Or is your desire for what God has called you to? And what do you think is better? What do you believe to be better? Comfort? Or what God has called you to? 
Take that anywhere, wherever your hardship is, wherever it lies. What is your desire? Where is your faith? I think that helped Paul. I think that helped Paul get through that. His faith, his desire is for the Lord's will. It inspired him. It, it, it drove him. It gave him energy that, boy, I believe this. I want this. I believe in this. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to take whatever comes my way. Right? I want to encourage you. encourage you all to think about where your faith, where your desire. Now, disclaimer. I assume, assume, take for granted, <laughs> uh, obviously the Holy Spirit's empowerment of Paul was crucial. So I'm not, uh, not poo-pooing that. I sometimes feel like we say it all the time, and it should be said all the time, 100%. I'm just not spending a lot of time on it, because I feel like we spend a lot of time on it, and I want to highlight faith and desire. I want to highlight these aspects of it, right? Because the Holy Spirit, as some have said, is a gentleman. Holy Spirit, as screw tape letters, C.S. Lewis screw tape letters, Holy Spirit is working inside of us, yes, but what God wants is our free will, our free choice. He wants us to make decisions to follow him. He wants us to do the work, renewing our minds, to want what he wants. And yes, he's helping us every step of the way. Boy, you better believe it. And he's empowering us to do that. But we can't just be like, oh, God will do it in me and I don't have to think about it. Or I don't ever have to, to uh, renew my mind with this. Or I never have to really think through what am I desiring or what am I putting my faith in. I think that's a little bit using God a little bit too much. I think it's a partnership, right? It's a partnership. And so I want us to encourage us. Yes, pray for the Holy Spirit. Boy, pray for the Holy Spirit to help you with your desire. Pray, your, pray for the Holy Spirit to help you with your faith, to, to bring awareness to where I'm putting these two places in my life. Ask for His strength every step of the way. But I definitely encourage you, look at where you're desiring and look at where you're having faith in your life. And again, these not core values, but these things that you truly desire and truly want out of life, they will guide you. They will come into play when it comes to suffering. Will I quit? Will I persevere? Hmm. So let's say you're having a hard time this morning. You're going through a hardship. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 is a great encouragement for this morning. It's a super passage. It's a super food, Right? So jam-packed with such amazing things for us this morning, especially anybody going through a hard time. Read it with me. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the Creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Do you see that? Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those who hope in the Lord. I know hope and faith are different, but gosh, they're pretty similar. I have hope in this. I believe in this, right? Pretty similar. Those who hope in the Lord. Are you putting your faith in God to help you? Are you putting your faith in God as, as this is His will for my life and I'm going to trust Him through this hardship, whatever it may be? Are you doing that this morning? 
Are you genuinely putting your faith in God? And, and this is a, an interesting awareness I came to in my own prayer life. Have you ever prayed and caught yourself, I don't know if I really believe that I'm going to get this or God's going to do this. I'm just kind of like throwing one up there. And, uh, you know, if it sticks, praise the Lord. You know, might as well ask the big guy to help me out. But if it doesn't, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll make it work. Like, I'm going to make it happen. came to this awareness in my own life. Like, oh my gosh, am I really putting all my eggs in God's basket? Am I really leaning on him totally? Or am I just kind of like, you know, hey God, if you got no biggie though, no big deal. I know you're, you know, I would never say God's busy, but you know, it's like, I don't know, whatever. If God doesn't answer it, I'll make it work. You see how like the faith now is like some in God, but not really. It's kind of in you. See that? I think that's where so much of our I think we miss out on so much strength. I think we miss out on so much strength to persevere and to walk through hardships and to go through hardships in our life. Because we're still trusting in ourselves to get us through. Hope in the Lord. Put your faith in the Lord. Right, put the faith in the Lord and what he's called you to and his will for your life. And if you don't know God's will for your life, boy, start there. Start getting that confident. God has called me to this. He's called me to this situation. Or he's called me to this workplace. Or he's called me to be in a relationship with these people. He's called me to it. So I'm here. And I'm staying. And God helped me through it. Because I want what you want. And I want you to do immeasurably more than I could ask or think through these people. And I want to see their lives blessed by you and your word. And if that means it's going to come through me to them, then whatever it takes. Is that your heart? Is that your faith? Is that your desire? Move on to the third and last point. Second key. Third key, really, but I couldn't change it. Third key, if you're going back to the city, back into the city, is the right amount of rest. Oh, I was so stoked. To, this point was the point I wanted. So excited for, you know. Sometimes you get points and you're like, ooh, I can't wait to preach on this one. Rest. Mm. I've observed something. And many of us, as we've gone through the weeks and Sundays, we're all really tired. <laughs> Who's tired this morning? Who's tired? Amen. Tired. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Work. Whatever it may be. Situations in our lives. Tired. Man. You know, runners can't do intense workouts every day. They can't do those repeats every single day. It's horrible for their performance. They can't, and they're just, you're just asking to get injured. You're just asking for it. You have to rest as a runner, and I think as a follower of Christ, we have to rest. We have to. And praise the Lord. His institution of the Sabbath shows his heart and his knowledge of us as human beings. Obviously, he created us, and he knows, hey, y'all need a day off. Y'all need to chill, all right? Y'all need to rejuvenate. On a regular basis. You can't be going. What's that phrase? Two candles? Ah, burning both ends to the middle. Can't be burning both ends, right? Of the candle. We can't do it. And golly, I tell you what, it's one thing to go through a hardship when you're like feeling strong, feeling healthy. I've been getting nine hours of sleep every night. Let's go. How much harder is it when you're not getting much sleep? And you haven't had much time off from work or from whatever is, you know, 
you haven't had much time to yourself, not doing anything in your life, and you're like, I really want to do this. How much harder is it? We're just fatigued, right? Fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? As the phrase goes, Bill Belichick said, fatigue is the great leveling field of football. It levels the playing field, fatigue. Interesting, hard thing. Uh, Art of Manliness, you guys know I love Art of Manliness. It's a website. It has just really great resources on anything from philosophy to how to jump off a building into a dumpster and not kill yourself. It's great. It's great knowledge. Everybody needs to know that, right? Uh, it's wonderful. They had this great podcast of, uh, called Change is a Rest. Change is a Rest. And uh, it was a great podcast really talking about rest and how to rest, which is funny because as I, I remember when I first listened to it, I would have just assumed I know how to rest. I know how I need to rest. It's almost like a natural thing. I know what gives me rest. And, and the uh, author, and I forget his name, I didn't write it down, I apologize, but the podcast is called A Change is Rest, so if you want to write that down, you can look it up. But the author was really like, rest is a skill, and it's something to grow in and to get better at. Interesting. He's like, there are ways to rest, and then there are better ways to rest. <laughs> and he talks about how we really need to get better at resting in our fast-paced, high-demand society. Can we all agree? We've all got a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And he's like, it's even more, per more important for us to rest well. How are you resting this morning? Are you getting a day off? Are you truly getting a day off from work? from emails, text messages, right? Are you truly resting? Brady told me this great, uh, great illustration, Brady and Hammer for the win this morning, contributed to the sermon, the great, all right? Brady was like, if you work with your mind, so let's say you have a sit-down job or, you know, you do a lot, it's more like heady, if you will. He's like, then you need to rest with your hands and your feet. I love that. So go exercise. Go partake in a hobby that makes you use your hands or your feet, you know. Do something like that. Give the brain a break. All right? I love it. This podcast, I like it. And this is what maybe can help us. And maybe we can try this and see if it works. It makes a great point of saying, TV and social media do not give your brain a break. That could be something there. If you have a real heady job and maybe... You like the Instagram, TikTok, whatever it may be. I get it. I love TV at night. Golly, it's just throw on a really bad movie, I'll go to sleep, you know? Movie's too good, I'm awake, I'm into it. And then I'm going to finish it and I'm going to stay up till 2 a.m. Can't be that. I need a bad movie that can be like, click, ah, going to bed, all right? But that doesn't really give the brain a break because the brain is still active. It's processing all those images, all those scenes. You got to give it Bring a break. Work with your hands. Work with your feet. Go play pickleball, right? Go play a game. Go give yourself a break. Go work out. Let's say that you work with your body. You have a very physical job, right? Physical labor job. Sabbath with your mind. Give the body a break. Go play a game with some people. Go hang out with some people, right? You can do some TV and social media. That's great. No. Read a book. Those are great ways 
to kind of give them the balance and the rest that they need. If they don't get that, then it just becomes more difficult and we accrue more mental fatigue and more bodily fatigue and we both know mental fatigue and bodily fatigue are brutal and they're tough to deal with. And so it's important to think about how are you resting? Are you resting well? TV and social media has a place. Please don't mishear me. I'm not saying totally go off of it, but maybe try it. Maybe you're surfing the internet for an hour before you go to bed. Maybe give that a rest. See if it helps you sleep better. It gives the mind a way to wind down. Who knows? Maybe you haven't been exercising as much. Get outside. That was one of the big points of, of the podcast was walking outside is one of the greatest things you can do for your mind. Walk outside. Your mind starts taking in nature. Stops worrying about all the things you got to do, all the commitments, and just enjoys smells and the sounds and the feelings of nature. It's a powerful thing. It's very, very important. What's great is kind of brings up all these famous mathematicians and philosophers and scientists, and they're all big walkers, he says. They're all big walkers because they could only work on something for so long, and then they had to go let it go and move on. How are you doing resting from worrying? Worrying's a fatiguer. That thing will, that thing will dry up the bones. It will be brutal. It will accrue a lot of mental and physical fatigue. And yet we have the Lord's word, Matthew 6. Don't worry. Don't worry. Man, the sparrow does not fall to the ground unless I know. Man, your father knows your needs before you even ask him. Don't worry. First Peter chapter 5, cast your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. Isaiah 40. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Take a deep breath. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Man, those are powerful things if we believe in them. If we trust in them. Oh, I want to encourage us to continue to evaluate how we rest. I want to encourage you to rest. And I know it's tough. Golly, I think, again, thought about you parents. I'm like, how can parents rest? Not like they can just every week be like, kids, leave. Or, you know. <laughs> maybe they do. Hey, maybe that's it. Maybe you do. Hey, that's, maybe you do. That's great. No. Um, but yeah, fitting rest into each and every day into small doses can be powerful too. It's not like you have to have a whole day to rest. Fit it in. Micro rest can be powerful. A walk can really rejuvenate yourself and get yourself back into it. Again, we're going to walk through hardships, all right? We're going to walk through hardships. Paul made that clear. And so in conclusion, does your theology allow for hardships? I like, my dad will say, do you have a theology of suffering? He loves to say that. I think it's so true. Do we see hardships as, oh my gosh, something's wrong. No, this shouldn't happen to me. I believe in Jesus. Jesus should take care of this. This shouldn't happen. Paul was pretty close to Jesus, I would say. And he's like, no, this is going to happen. Does it allow for that? Don't be surprised by them. Be a buffalo. Run through it with the Lord. Run through it. It's going to happen. It's going to be okay. Lean on each other. Pray for each other. Walk through it together. Do you desire and believe in what God has called you to? Desire and believe it. That will help big time. Golly, if you don't believe in what you're trying to do, you're just out here to run because, I don't know, 
just want to be running. And then the suffering part is just not going not gonna to sit well with you, right? It's just not going to sit well if you don't see suffering as a part of it. You desire and believe in what God has called you to in your workplace, in your family, in your community. Do you desire and believe it? And lastly, how are you resting? Couldn't tell you how you all got to rest. We're all unique. I think evaluate it. If you find yourself chronically tired, chronically exhausted, encourage you to evaluate how you're resting and then maybe make some changes. It might, it might help. As the big three, I feel like, as my, uh, my counseling, uh, uh, Reese and Kirsten, <laughs> exercise, diet, sleep, big three. You're chronically tired. Are you exercising? What are you eating? And how much are you sleeping? It's important. We're human beings. We have a body, right? Body is good as God created it. Gotta take care of it, and it will help us tremendously as we follow God, as we imitate Paul in his faithfulness to what God has called him to, as we walk through hardships, and as we encourage each other through these hardships. Amen? Amen. If you will stand with me, let's close in prayer. Amen. Father God, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you for Paul. Thank you for his faithfulness and his encouragement to us today. Father God, help us in our hardships. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us, God, to trust you through them. Help us, God, to desire what you desire, to want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, and to be okay with suffering for that if that is what you called us to. God, help us to want it. Lord God, guide us and lead us in how to rest, and how to rest well. God, I don't think you, you want just zombie Christians, zombie followers that are just so drained and just constantly being strained out like a gnat. No, you rebuke the Pharisees for doing that. You know our form. You know our limitations. You know how we're created. Father God, guide each and every one of us this week how we can rest and how we can rest better to continue to walk in your will, to not make it any harder on ourselves. <laughs> Help us to walk faithfully, God. And Lord, we do put our faith in you. Put our hope in you to renew our strength this week. We need you, Lord, to do it in us. We need you to guide us and lead us. We need you to empower us to walk through these hardships that are in our way, to trust you through them, and to, Father God, to not just lose it and just to remove ourselves. Father God, we need you as we always need you to the nth degree, always. Oh, we love you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are ever-present help in our time of need. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who is renewing us, who is living through us, who is oh, strengthening us, who is strong when we are weak. We love you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, uh, so, am I, hello? Can you guys hear me? Hello? Okay, there we go. So, something that came up, uh, you know, I was trying to figure out why and what, you know, I was talking about earlier 
we gotta be calm and quiet. And that's what we always gotta be in church. But we also, I was like, we gotta be loud, right? We gotta be energetic. We gotta shout praises to God. Uh, if more people of the band wanna come up and join me up here, that's cool too. Like, no pressure. Do what you wanna do. But we're uh, right. Graham was talking about rest, and rest. You know, often you think rest as I'm just gonna go lay down. I'm gonna go take a nap. Right, but that's what the cow was doing, right? It's not always what we're supposed to be doing. Maybe we're supposed to be like a bison. Is it a bison or a buffalo or? I don't know, yes. maybe, maybe it was a buffalo. Um, but right, let's, sometimes you gotta press through the storm. And like what Brady was saying and talking to Grant, sometimes you gotta walk your hands, right? You gotta move around, you gotta get the blood flowing. You gotta, sometimes it's that chemical, you know? It's, it's not rest of just going to sleep. It's maybe you gotta have those chemicals pumping through your blood vessels. You gotta run the race, right? So, we're gonna take a little bit of time. We're gonna run a little race. So, if you guys wanna sit down, not do anything, just be quiet, maybe that is the rest you're supposed to do. Maybe you don't do anything. Maybe you need to wiggle about a bit, right? You can do that. If you need to go and go do something else, you can. If you wanna take a moment without the kids, right? Grandma's saying, Okay, the kids are kids are here right now. The kids are gone. <laughs> we, we have rest of kids right now. So. Do it. Do you know God is leading you to? We're gonna sing deep cries out. The first song. Everybody sing it out! 